Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. It is actually the 17th of May, 2023. This uh, show was recorded live to podcast. Usually we record on a Thursday. Today we have to record on a Wednesday because uh, Christine Schackinger is not going to be around on Thursday. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Christine Schackinger, who is in the house from Sites Without Walls. Uh, Christine, how you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I am good. It's a busy day. We have a uh, incredible guest and an incredible conversation coming up. Martin McDonald, legendary SEO Martin McDonald's in the house. Um, he's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Um, it was a busy week in search. Whole bunch of stuff went down. Where do you want to? I, I kind of want to start with the generic Google stuff and then move into AI stuff. That's like a great segue into into. Um, into Martin and uh, his, his new auditing product. What sounds do you think? Good. Yeah, sounds good to me because uh, we always start with AI lately because it's the only thing <laughs> that everyone talks about. Because AI is so, everywhere. It's like Mojo everything, Nixon. Everything everywhere. Yeah, let, let's just start with some quick Google news. There was some Google I, I.O. news we couldn't get to last week because we had just had so much. And uh, then lead into Martin, who is amazing. So he's one of the well, few people in tech I go to when I can't find the answer to a question, I go and ask Martin. So. He's probably written about it at some or videoed <laughs> about it sometime or another. Before we get to anything from Google I.O., even more basic, if you have a Google product, um, a Google account, say uh, Gmail, or you've been storing stuff in like Google Photos or something, and you haven't accessed it in the last couple of years, um, go get it now. Go play with it. Do something with it. Put some action on your account. Because um, Google has uh, said straight up it's going to come and delete old unused Google accounts starting December 2023. Um, use it or lose all of it. Yes, and yeah, lose everything. I believe it's a two-year. Is it two-year? Or am I confusing that with Twitter's thing? Starting in December 2023. That's that's I what I heard. Oh, I meant if you haven't used it in two years. I think the window. Yeah, if you like, haven't used it in yeah. two years, you're at risk yeah. of losing everything. So, yeah. and you know, I mean, th think about think about all the. Um, in the SEO world, we often develop like quick business alliances and um, we'll develop a, um, like a set of Google accounts or new Google emails or whatever, and um, have a bunch of Google documents that actually might have useful stuff in them, you know? Um, yeah. This is the business uh, records, photos that you might have had from years ago. All that stuff is out there. So speaking of new stuff that's out there, if you see a um, new... Uh, crawler or inspector in your um in your logs it's possible very possibly you've met the new google bot um google's added a new user agent to its list of google callers and it's calling it google bot of course um, because you never <laughs> let engineers name stuff no sure <laughs> according to uh to uh barry schwartz at search engine roundtable this one is uh it's actually named the Google Inspection Tool. It goes under both um, Googlebot, the user agent, and also 
Google inspection tool. Um, it's used by search testing tools, uh, rich result test and URL inspection and search console. Um, it mimics Googlebot. And even though they're calling it Googlebot, it's not Googlebot, but it is a new Google agent and it's out there. It is. And I did ask if they might be using it for some training for AI and they said it could fall under there. So they didn't say no. <laughs> um, again, I think everything has to be assumed at Google and then most of the engines now that there's going to be AI touchings. Yeah. Or training awesome. in somewhere or another. In fact, I really want to touch that story. Um, Glenn Gabe had that conversation with uh, uh, Mikhail uh, Parkin, uh, uh, or Parkin from, uh, from Bing. Um, about how Bing Chat is going to be um, instructed, I guess, or taught moving, moving, moving forward. They're going to use it for training purposes, but it won't update immediately. So it, it'll take a few months for the uh, the training documentation. Is that the right word? Uh, so, so many new words today <laughs> to be okay. updated, and so um, it won't affect anything in Bing's because it could affect. Uh, could make improvements in Google. Uh, sorry, I'm mixing my words. Say Bing <laughs> core update, core ranking signals. I'm sorry, we talk about Google so much. I only know Google words anymore. So <laughs> Bing's core ranking algorithms, they'll use it to improve them, but it'll take months for that to show up. So it's not like don't think you could go like use a bot to like go make a whole bunch of you know things in the chat box and you're going to help your, you know, change things so in a day. <laughs> The, so 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 to be clear, um, Bing's chatbot is not going to help me break down why the Yankees keep, uh, beat the Blue Jays last night because it has no. no clue why the Yankees beat. Exactly. It doesn't even know that it doesn't even know the game happened, right? Right, right. But it might make something up. So you know, <laughs> so and I'll say it won't give it an answer. It could give an answer, but it won't be a real answer. It'll be a hallucination. Okay, and again, just to, to make that a, a little clearer. Um, the chatbot um, is not, Bing Chat is not being um, updated uh, on live um, search results. It's not actually accessing Bing's index and responding to search queries by going through Bing's index and figuring stuff out. That might happen sometime in the future, but it's not happening today. What's happening is a certain amount of time passes and then they train the chatbot on all that information. So it might, it might be a quarter, it might be two months. He didn't, he didn't actually say, did he? I did say somewhere that I read, I think it was like, it said three, like three or more months. So it said, just here it says take months to train, but I, that could be inaccurate too, because it's the reporting is so fast. So it could be a change since then. Uh, the other thing is just to remind people that Bing does not directly go to the index, like Jim just said, it has a co-process called orchestrator that brings up those contextual links that are in the box. So it doesn't access live information. I, I think it's important that people understand how the AI is working, uh, lest they make um, time pressure decisions based on uh, output from it. Um, uh, so if yeah. you're interested in that, that was a story that was, I think, uh, three days ago, Search Engine Roundtable, um, Bing Chat AI and uh, Core Search. Um, terribly interesting story. Um, Stuff from uh, Google I.O. again. Um, this so much stuff. Bit. So much stuff. Yeah, we, well, <laughs> so we, we gave it a cursory cover last week. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Well, uh, you tell me. About this image snippet is what I was saying. Yeah, the image snippet and then the image tagging, I think, would be 
combination. So, so how is, is this more than just um, uh, uh, Google being able to focus in on um, and understand parts of a photograph um, for advertising purposes? The, which portion are you talking about? Well, uh, about, this, about this snippet, snippet for, about this image snippet. Um, uh, Bing had this uh, feature with images that it would hone in on, on different parts of the image, a, uh, a handbag, a bottle of something that had a visible label, um, uh, exercise equipment that looked like exercise equipment it might uh, have in its, its, its shopping database, whatever. Um, I'm, cu I'm curious if Google's doing a similar thing. No, I don't think so. Um, I think this is more uh, part of their disinformation, counter disinformation efforts. <clears throat> um, okay. So the image snippet feature and then also the AI labeling, which really is the second part. Uh, the image uh, snippet feature is sort of like when you can now go now to a website and you can get information about that website in the little right click on the three little dots mm -hmm. at the top. It's a similar idea. And what it's, uh, it used to have about this image, this is going to be more flushed out. But it's going to tell you when that image was first indexed by Google, or if they have a different origination point, they'll tell that one. You know, like maybe it was a moon landing, and you know they don't—they weren't around then, so they didn't index it then. But they can tell you when it came from, uh, where it came from, any information they have about it, and it's put into a special uh, thing, which we'll talk about in the AI labeling. It comes from the IPTC photo metadata, which is the standard used by most photographers, news orgs, that kind of thing. So if the New York Times put out put out an original photo. Uh, you could look at this and you could see New York Times, New York Times originated it when it was first posted online, um, even possibly when Google indexed it. And that way you can tell if a photo is real or, or is not real, if it's AI generated or photoshopped or any, any of those other things. Uh, you can tell because like there was a there was a photo that went around last week that looks like the moon landing was staged on a sound set. And then you would be able to right click it and see it came from Midjourney or whichever AI they used. I'm not sure which one it was, but. Uh, so that's the purpose of it. And then that also goes along with their uh, new thing where they're doing AI um, image labeling, which is they're going to tell you if something is AI generated, if they know, and they're counting on people to voluntarily put that information in. So we'll see. But the big photo, like stock photo companies, they will be adding that information into that same metadata, that IPTC, which is the standard. So they'll be able to tell you, hopefully, most of the time, if something you're looking at is real or not, if it's in the index. Okay, so if Google, that's um, a side note, if Google doesn't use um, its ability to, to, to spot and understand and contextualize um, different aspects of a photograph for advertising purposes in the future, I'll be, I'll be very, very disappointed in them because it's clearly <laughs> another great idea too. delivered by Webcology. Um, exactly, and they may, they may be using it, but right now I think this is their focus on trying to you get ahead of what's going to become issue. a uh, yeah, big issue. Uh, uh, indeed. Um, well, that, that that that's pretty excellent. <laughs> yeah. Well, like like um, there is a former president of the United States was put in like they were a Navy SEAL coming out of the water, and uh, someone sh in a video showed it to somebody who's a supporter of that former president. And they really believed it was a real photo. And the guy tried to explain it was AI, and they really believed it was real. And well, that's just that's just not to use that situation, not not to get into politics, but just saying that um, because people see it, they believe it's true. 
And that so same, they're, they're that add same this former meddling. president could be dressed up like Angus Young from ACDC and people would still believe it to be true. True, but at least now we'll have a way on the photo. <laughs> and I'd pay to check. see that. Yeah, you could, on the photo, you could now check. I was just using that because it was an example that went around like two weeks ago. So um, they'll be able to check the photo itself in Google. And I have I also imagine over time, they'll probably incorporate this into like Discover or something like that where they actually label it from the, in the image search of Discover, but we'll see. Only scratched on, uh, on on talking about AI um, a little bit, a little bit from uh, uh, from Google I/O. Um, there was hearings in front of Congress yesterday. Um, Sam Altman was testifying that he very much wants to see AI regulated. Doesn't have a clue what that actually looks like. Um, they've. Uh, I just have to. Have they still paused um, the, the training of ChatGPT5? Uh, yeah, they've definitely paused on that. Uh, ChatGPT5 was the reason the academics and researchers put out that um, very long uh, missive and signed it uh, because that was going to be artificial generated. In, is it generated? General? and Artificial general intelligence. And that's the one they're really worried about. So they have paused all work on that. The hearings, I watched, I listened to the whole thing, so you don't have to. No, but you really should. Indeed. How did they go? Uh, it went well, actually. Uh, surprisingly, going to say this, our Congress is not always up to date on tech. Uh, surprisingly, the people, this was the intelligence subcommittee, so this was you know, a very small group. They were very informed on what they were talking about for the most part, and they were asking legitimate questions. Uh, some were hostile, but they're always hostile. Uh, so uh, if you want to watch it, you can go to C-SPAN and you can watch the whole thing. It's also on Utah, YouTube under PBS NewsHour. It didn't show on all the regular news channels. So those are two most likely you'll find it. But it went very well. It went interesting. Um, IBM was not, IBM represented. There was a professor that was there as well who used to be part of like a big company and has now talking out about the good pros and cons of AI. And then of course there's Sam Altman, those were the three. IBM wasn't too in favor of the regulations. But what they ultimately came down to after this very long inquiry, which I really urge anybody in our industry to listen to because you're listening to experts who are you know, gonna create the path. So you probably wanna know what they have to say. But uh, I, it always surprised me as they're talking about creating a cabinet position and an agency because they can't react fast enough as Congress to the changes that are coming. And so it would take Congress way too long to create laws. Uh, so they want a regulatory agency and um, uh, Altman and uh, Professor were both very pro about creating possibly a cabinet position. So that would be like the you know, Secretary of Artificial Intelligence or Tech or whatever they decide to name it. I thought that was actually really positive because they also asked like, how can we you know, do this without getting in the way? So they were looking at like, how can they create proper regulations without causing a problem in the US where we fall behind countries like China? Well, so, indeed, and I, I kind of wanted to go there because our guest, Martin McDonald, has um, used um, AI to solve a, um, well, a rather large problem that really has been, until now, really, really, really difficult for, uh, for search consultants to scale, and that's of um, explaining the gajillion data points you might find in the um in an audit of a of a large website <laughs> exactly and go ahead 
Well, Martin McDonald's a well-known name in SEO, and he's been a well-known name in SEO for most of my career. After launching and managing a series of his own successful websites, Martin started rising in the corporate SEO world in 2007 when a ticketing company he worked for was acquired by Ticketmaster. Over the next decade, Martin worked for various departments in the Expedia Orbits Group. Um, he's spoken at a million uh, search conferences and shared his data like quite openly with uh, well, anybody in the, 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 the search world who wants to quote well-researched data. In 2017, he went solo again and based in Silicon Valley, he used his network in the travel business to help him open his own digital marketing consultancy, which helped him fall back in love with the gnarly world of technical SEO. He, uh, he's now in Barbados, based in Barbados, um, the, the, the tropics of the Caribbean, um, where he hosted a large scale SEO conference recently. And if you've been paying attention to your emails, you might have noticed that he's also launched an SEO auditing tool that uses AI to solve a massive, massive set of problems. And that's the problem of explaining stuff to developers called uh, Sir Prey or Sir Perry, uh, Martin McDonald. Welcome to Webcology. Hey, thank you very, very much, Jim. Thank you for the for the uh, introduction there. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to live up to it. And uh, hey, Chris, thank you very much for inviting me as well. After hey, man, you you lived the introduction. I mean, and, and again, <laughs> my entire career, I've known your name. I've known I've known your data. I've um, and and you know what? I got to say thank you for for all that on behalf yes. of everyone who's 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 benefited from it. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's that's kind of terrifying. When when did you start? When did you start overall? I mean, I, <laughs> oh I, God, I don't like, know, like 1999. It, yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that that's that's terrifying, and you're aging terribly here. So basically, I mean, it's kind of got to the stage where I'm useless at essentially anything else. Um, <laughs> I, I I I left school in 1996 and um, went and worked. I was employee number one for an internet service provider. Uh, started building websites and then a couple of years later started SEOing them. And um, so, yeah, I mean, at this at this point in my life, I'm in my mid 40s. This is all I've ever done. Um, and thank God the Internet actually survived because, um, you know, I was being told like by my dad back in 98, 99, that the Internet's a flash in the pan and I should go and get a real job. So, you know, I'm immensely grateful that he was wrong on that particular point. But, um, but yeah, it, it's been fun. It's been fun. What can I say? Well, back then there was there was such a small number of um, practicing SEO or talking about SEO or even you know I think there was a very small number of people who even actually understood how the internet worked um, yeah. back then, and uh, we all got yeah. in um, well at the most for, fortuitous time possible. Uh, totally. And I think, do you know what, the, 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 those of us that were lucky enough to come up in that generation, it was much easier for us back then because everything was much simpler, right? There was, you know, I, I can't imagine being 20 today and, and kind of setting off on my SEO career and trying to understand how the hell Google worked. But with 20 years worth of doing this behind me and, um, and crucially having been around in those early days when we had 30 days to work out what had changed in the algorithm before the next update was coming in. Uh, it kind of gave us, uh, I don't know if a soft landing is the right word, but it, like it really gave us an advantage. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that the thing that I would have done as a hobby has become my job and has become my life over the last two decades now. I kind of liken it as, as getting into the industry um, then, but, but 
for young people it would be like getting into um, technology right now at the dawn of the AI revolution. Mm -hmm. The difference being everything is moving so much faster now, um, acceleration yeah. um, to the to the nth degree. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, absolutely, for sure. I think you could probably look back at, um, and I think to the point on AI, yes, I totally agree. This is an inflection point in the same way that when we all moved to digital 15, 20 years ago was also an inflection point. I think as you look back historically at major changes that we faced as civilizations, there's always been kind of like a generation of people that were lucky to be there in the right place at the right time at the right age with the right aptitude. Um, and, and this is kind of no different, but the, the dramatic shakeup we're going to see driven by these new AI tools, I think, maybe I fear, is probably going to be a, a, a larger overall impact on society than we actually faced with everyone, everything going online and the world's information becoming available to people at the touch of their fingertips. This is this is different because it actually impacts rather than just what we know, but also what we do. So, yeah, you know, it's there's a lot of stuff that's going to be at risk given how easy it has become to, to be able to do stuff. And hey, let me, let me give you a super quick example of something that I did last week. Um, I wrote about 2,800 pages of documentation for my new software platform, and it cost me $1.17 and took six hours. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, what, one of the big things that I've been terrified about is just exactly how I was gonna write all this documentation. And then I, I wrote scripts that use uh, GPT 3.5 Turbo. That, that's going to date this if someone listens back in a year or two um, to be able to produce it all. And it's, you know, I, I, I've just done some, some technical copywriters out of work. Um, yeah, another example that happened yesterday was I was having an internal meeting with, the, with um, a couple of people in my agency. And we were talking about... <clears throat> just YouTube videos that I put up this week, having to transcribe them and then convert them into a blog post and then get images and publish them on the company blog. Whilst we were having that conversation, I logged into YouTube, copied and pasted the transcript out of my back end, dropped it into just the front end of ChatGPT and said, rewrite this as a blog post. It did, but it kind of did it in the third person. And I'm like, no, rewrite it as in the first person, interrupted it. And before we'd finished having the conversation about how to actually do this process-wise, I'd already finished. Like, I'm, it's it's such a fundamental shift that it's going to take the next year or two for us to really figure out where those impacts are. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited and nervous at the same time. Well, um, the first, as you're talking about um, creating a blog post out of the transcript from of, of the YouTube videos, which incidentally I watched while... Um, thinking about your product um, and uh, 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 the video videos were, 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 were most helpful in, uh, in, in catching my imagination. But what, the, what I'm curious about is the, the, the quality of the content put out by, um, by the AI. Do you have to edit it? You got, you got, you got 2,090 some odd pages of technical writing on your hands. Um, Who's going to read it and edit it? <laughs> yeah, me, unfortunately. Uh, and the, the reason, uh, me, unfortunately, but the reason for that is that, um, the, yeah, I've, I've, I've stupidly been highly siloed for the last five, six years building out this product. And essentially, I've kind of got to the stage where I'm the only person in the world that knows how to use this. And there's 285 <laughs> screens. And like, even, even I. Um, so so there was, oh, this happened a couple of months ago. 
I was in one part of the tool where you can um, massively search a list of keywords for any other list of keywords. And I couldn't remember how to inject new default templates into it. And I had to go back through the code to find out where I put that part of the tool. So even over the last five or six years, I've forgotten how to use parts of the tool that I built multiple years ago. Um, but it was it was easy enough for me to, to build the training model and then upload all of the field definitions and then use those field definitions in the context of an SEO tool to, to spit out what the overall, uh, so field definitions plus uh, related fields on each one, uh, including enumerators. So for instance, I don't know, if an individual field has got the opportunity to be an integer or a Boolean, if it's a Boolean, is it true, false? Is it, uh, you know, indexable, non-indexable, whatever it is. And all of those data points together, when constructed in a sympathetic enough way to the limitations of LLM content, produces damn good content. But I'll, I'll point out that this isn't new to me. Uh, I got accepted onto the OpenAI beta in March of 2021. So I've spent more than two years at this point working with all of the iterations of GPT through the API. Um, so, so like I have been doing this for years. So what, what's really become popular this year with prompt engineering um, is something that is actually far, far, far more important when you look back at the old GPT-2 stuff. Um, but for instance, one of the things that I did with that was um, I, I, I'm combining rank checking data, right? So uh, I, I hook up to your Google search console, I extract every keyword that you've ever ranked for, I then take every page that every keyword is connected to so that I know mm -hmm. which is the correct ranking page for the correct keyword. But then I've been using ranking data to run a rank check on that, not to see what your rank is or your competitors, because I know that from Search Console, but to extract the people also ask questions. I've then programmatically been parsing those through GPT oh, yes. for the last 18 months and exporting the whole lot in FAQ markup schema simply to be dropped onto the page that was already ranking for that term anyway to enrich the content. Now, that's an example of something that's specific enough and small enough for it to actually make sense to use in a productionalized enterprise SEO environment. What does not make sense at this point in time, and I know a ton of SEOs are going to fall down this, is, oh, my God, it now takes 30 seconds to produce a page of content. Here we go. Like, that shit is just not going to fly. And um, I, I, I came, you, you gave me a lovely uh, introduction earlier, and, and you started it kind of like at 2007 when I went all corporate. Probably worth pointing out for the seven years prior to that, I was working in gambling SEO. Um, so I, in, in, and let's face it, a lot of this happened to Expedia as well. I have been producing machine-generated content now for two decades. So I can, I can just intrinsically kind of, you know, instinctively smell the difference between good content and bad content now. And it's already really recognizable what has just been, what's been created by a simple prompt into any of these engines. But when you start being really specific and feeding it really good supporting data, it's it's still to me, even with my understanding as to how it works, it feels like black magic. Um, you know, it's 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 really good fun watching it do this for you. And I I don't know. I mean, this is this is why I do this still, because just like it's fun and I, I enjoy it. Like yeah, I, I said a minute ago and I, I meant it, I would do this as a hobby if I wasn't getting paid for it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably have to have another job, but. I, it's, you know, it's just great fun. It's great fun. You had said earlier that you started working on Surpre, um about five years ago. Mm -hmm. 
And two years ago, you started working in the open AI experiment in the open AI group. Yes. When did you um, decide that you wanted um, to bring AI into into the product into the product? As, uh, did you know you were going to bring it in? And moreover, did you know you were going to launch Surfree um, at the dawn of uh, of the Good. AI revolution? Good questions. Uh, so, so the answer to the last one is definitely no. I was, um, hey, I can I can try and sound like really intelligent here and say, <laughs> uh, it, it, if you refer back to the uh, the 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 SEO book thing uh, published in January every year uh, the, that um, uh, David Bain puts out, I was the opening chapter this year, and I literally I spent the entire chapter talking about how search this year is going to change and it's going to become AI led and it's going to become much more of an answer engine. And my, my 12 month prediction that that, that book leads in with was proved correct within 90 days. Now that's like the second major prediction in 20 years that I've made in public and got absolutely <laughs> correct. Um, yeah, so the, so you're, thing, you're, having, you're having your Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell blink moment. You're just, it's just like exactly. the right time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's ignore the 17,000 other things that I've said that never turned out to be true. Um, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, I, I was really lucky with that. And yeah, I've I've been put into a really lucky situation, right? Where I have spent, I've spent, I spent the first four years building out a platform that allowed me to, to do the business of being a technical SEO in a much more efficient way. But I only built it for myself, which is why technical documentation never existed for it, for instance, because it's it's broadly speaking a large collection of tools that I use to, to work on some of the world's biggest websites using the information that I built up in my head from the internal tools that we built whilst I was at Expedia. So, so that's kind of like the, you know, the, the birth reason for it. But I've always been really interested just academically in things like text generation. So if you go back to my, let's see, it would have been MozCon 2011. Now this is on YouTube. If you go back and look at my MozCon 2011 presentation about 15 minutes into it, I spend, um, I spend about five or 10 minutes going into like a really in-depth case study about this guy that had 200,000 books published on Amazon. Um, and they were, I mean, the, the, many of them, thousands of them, had really good reviews from actual people like it was it was obvious that this was good content that that you know we would look at certainly in 2011 and say shit that's that's really good and what he'd done was built a an incredibly complex markov chain version of spinning together content but that used live data points on the internet and used research that was being crawled and um, that was kind of the precursor to what we're looking at today and I was I was studying this shit 11 years ago because I've been leveraging it for mass content production for 15 plus years now. All of a sudden, we've now just got an API that can do it. So I don't need to do any of that stuff anymore. But it's brought it very much into the public psyche. So what do we do? I mean, we've got to we've got to refine the processes that we move on. And, and frankly, anyone, any SEO can go to ChatGPT or Bard um, as, as a little sidebar for a second. I haven't used Bard yet. I haven't applied to do anything on Google's AI versions for the same reason that I refuse to use Google Sheets or Gmail is that apart from Google search, I don't trust Google, so I will not use their products. Um, but I, I've been I've been looking at this now for so long that the technology has finally caught up on us. 
And it's about the next level of utilization because the way that I've been thinking about it for the last 10 or 15 years is now outdated. I've been looking at just text content generation in order to feed it into the machine. What we need to do as SEOs moving forward is forget that aspect of what GPT 3.5 or 4 or ChatGPT or BARD can do and look at it as a tool that enables us to do other things further downstream, which is very much the approach that I've taken with my software. Now, the other huge advantage that I've got, because that was kind of how I got into this about three minutes ago, um, is that I haven't got any inertia. Um, it's, it's me and one full-time employee that work on this software platform. I have been my only client for it, and, and obviously my agency clients, um, for the last couple of years. So at the point that this started really pushing mainstream, it was super easy for me to turn around and just publicly expose a ton of the LLM generated tools that I have been using myself anyway into what is now the public domain. Whereas if I were one of the, not going to mention any brand names here, but if I were one of the larger crawl companies that have got, I don't know, 60 staff programming or 500 staff programming, I wouldn't have been able to, to spin on a 180 and just, you know, really focus down the platform on those things as quickly as I've been able to. So yeah, it's kind of right place, right time. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm super happy with it. Oh, something I meant to ask you though, Jim, how yeah. do you pronounce, how do you pronounce the name of the product? Cause I, 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 I yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been going, it's S E R P R E. Sir. I've been so, going off Sir Perry. Sir Prey. Yeah, I don't know how it's pronounced. I've no idea. I'm just, I'm just interested <laughs> how everyone else pronounces. Well, okay, we've been teasing people. It. We've been teasing people about this product. Maybe we ought to kind of tell them what it is. Uh, sure. So I, I, when I first started as a consultant, which I, I, I mean, another sidebar moment here. I, I left Expedia to go and work for one of the big social networks. Um, and... I realized within 36 hours of working for them that that wasn't going to be the way forward for my life and um, decided to take a few months off and took on a consultancy client basically because they asked me to do an audit and I gave them a number that I thought was outrageous and they said yes. Um, so I, I kind of fell into being a consultant entirely by accident. It was never on the life plan. Um, when I started doing that, I needed to call who were then my first client and a big website, 40, 50, 60 million pages. I hired two of the big, well-known SEO tools out there to do something that I thought was fairly straightforward. And that was run a crawl on their site and tell me the shit that's wrong with it. Turned out none of them really had the, the technology, the scale, the capability to either be able to crawl a website on that of that size or be able to really give kind of in-depth in-depth recommendations as to what should be fixed on it that I am used to kind of deriving by my history and having done SEO since the pre-Google days. Uh, so, so I was very unimpressed with the, with, the, with the offerings that were out there. And this shows how naive I can be. I said to myself, hey, you've been a programmer for 20 years. This will take three <laughs> months. Um, and and we're, we're six years later and... I don't know how many tens of thousands of hours I've put into this now. It's just like it's it's become, for certain periods over the last six years, it's been self-consuming, the amount of time that I've put into this platform. Um, but I've always been doing it because it's it, it's been built to, to help me in my daily job. Now, you know, people 
since I went public with it two or three weeks ago, the number one question that I have received is, uh, well, the two top questions I've received, and I'll address both of them here, is one, what's the difference between your tool, however it's pronounced, S-E-R-P-E-R-E dot A-I, what's the main difference between that tool and SEMrush or Ahrefs? That's the most popular question. The second most popular question is, why is it not free? So, <laughs> answering that, answering that first part, um, SEMrush and Ahrefs are one end of the market entirely. The rest of your kind of SEO enterprise crawlers out there, and in that, I am listing companies like Right Edge or SEO Clarity or Deep, uh, not Deep Crawl. What are they? What are they called? Please, Lumar. Lumar, that's something, I don't know. Uh, all those guys are on, on the other side of the end. My tool is very much on that side with those guys, not on the SEMrush or the Ahrefs um, side of the industry. Those tools are great. They're, they're fantastic for market research. But what they're not are crawlers. Um, yes, both of them. Yes, thank obsessed. you. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they're, okay. they're immature, terrible products for crawling websites, just because that, that's not what they do effectively. They've what? got those functions as a value add, but because I received this question so many times over the last two weeks, I crawled uh, just my old blog, and, and I, to, to everyone listening, kind of no point in trying to find my blog because I haven't written on it in about five years, but um, I, I, I ran a crawl through... My platform, that's my dog coughing in the backward background, by the way, if you heard so, um, <clears throat> on SEMrush Ahrefs and my tool. Now, both of them gave me, like, uh, when I exported the results, an Excel sheet that was between 100 and 120 lines long. But the problem was, uh, referring to, like, the Ahrefs one, the first eight of those lines were, your title tag length is too short, your title tag length is too long. Your, you know, your title tag has got repetitive. Your title tag, basically, it's like title tags plus five other things is what they. Well, let, let me let me jump in for just a second because I want people to know that Martin is not just speaking because he created the tool. I do site audits. I've done them for at least twelve to fourteen years, and every time I see SM or sorry SEMrush, uh, there I mispronounced it. Their ad for it being an auditing tool, it drives me crazy because it's a monitoring tool. It's like if you have a site and you want to monitor some things that you might want to keep an eye on, it's fine for that. But like Martin said, it is not an auditing, crawling, give you the real details on what might be wrong with your site. That is definitely not what those tools are for, but they absolutely. present them as such. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know what, the other, the other use for them as well is they are fantastic market research tools uh, keyword, uh, keyword landscape estimation tools. Oh, definitely, like that. definitely. They're, yeah, I'm just that, talking about the auditing portion. That's no, no, no totally, totally. I mean, that's like, like I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to come on your show and start being mean about other people's tools, especially now that I'm, I'm in the situation where I have my own. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I've had a demo on your tool, and so I know what your tool hmm. can do, and hmm. I also use tools to audit sites, and so yeah. it's not, yeah. it's not a critique of the company itself is just that those tools are not meant for site auditing they're more for site monitoring oh i've been i've been i've been super i've been super critical of both companies over the years just look back through my twitter uh it's just now that i feel that i mean they're not competitors but now that i feel that we're playing in the same space it would be uncouth of me to talk ill of them but <laughs> um but the um I, to, to go back to that scale thing the the both the both the reports that both those tools exported were like 100 120 lines of excel 
you could break those down into eight or 10 realistic categories of things. Whereas like a basic crawl with the software that I've built produces seven or 800 recommendations for every individual site and then uses the technology that's on the site, the HTML of the individual pages, the actual, the link topography of the site, all of that being processed via GPT to produce actual instructions as to what to fix on your site and then what to track afterwards. So it's an, it's just a completely different ballgame. And it's something that was really designed to, to save me tremendous amounts of time. And I've, now that it's reached a, a level of sophistication where I feel that it can go public, I'm kind of fine with letting it go public. And, and hopefully, I, it's there's two ways of looking at this, right? Um, everyone's a little bit touchy right now that AI is going to steal their jobs. And I was really scared when I released that video the other day that SEOs were going to be like, oh shit, this is it. This is our jobs gone. I don't think of it that way because I still think that people need to check the output of these tools. But I mean, I don't know if you guys both saw that demonstration where you know <laughs> it's it's giving you clear instructions saying, hey, you're using WordPress. These are the plugins that you can use to fix this issue. This is how you identify it. And this is what to look for afterwards. I mean, show me another tool that does that. Like it's, it's, I wish I'd had that 20 years ago, put it that way. But then would I be, would I be doing what I'm doing now if it was, if that was 20 years ago? Probably not. So, you know. Now, SEOs are going to uh, learn how to use AI and tools like yours to expand their, and uh, expand their capacities and, and and their businesses. Um, and in fact, maybe this will help us solve the conundrum of how do you serve small businesses without breaking your bank. But um, your tool, I just went through um, two very large audits and I am now knee deep in the middle of two ultra large audits. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're like like, like the, in, in, in the million page category. Mm -hmm. And um, your tool, um would solve or solves so many um problems uh mm. if you think if you think about what a um dev team needs the output of a uh, of a of a large scale technical audit um as martin noted you will find hundreds of items possibly thousands of items that need to be worked on many of them are just best practice things and many of them are are mission critical um elements or or items that 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 need to be altered or changed um <laughs> from reason or other the hard thing is you have to explain it to different groups of people the c level the yep. dev team um the marketing department uh whoever's yeah. writing copy sometimes the lawyers there's so many <laughs> levels you have to explain to and um surpre i think um, <laughs> Sir Prey is reminded by, I watched that video you made and I was thinking, man, this is an incredible compilation machine in that it's grabbing all the relevant information about every page in the um, greater site, but then it's grabbing advice about mm -hmm. the specific issues and compiling it all into a ticket-based report system yep. where every individual um problem becomes its own file and that file gets expanded on as the ai finds more actionable or informationable information to data to pass on that's brilliant 
Well, it's, I mean, like the point in the tool is to help me do my job. And, and, and much like yourself, like that is my job. I'm finding stuff that's wrong with websites. I'm writing it up as a ticket. I am then submitting it to the product or engineering departments of the large enterprise companies that I work with. It's going into their JIRAs. We then have to check, af check afterwards what the output and performance was of every individual ticket. So like throughout the platform, that's exactly the workflow and the process that, that is designed to follow. Uh, because, you know, the, the kind of like the three parts of my job are crawling large websites, analyzing what could be improved on them, whether that is best practices or issues or, or whatever, the, whatever the case may be, uh, tying then like all of those things in a performance per page basis so that I can look at, um, you know, network effect of internal linking and so on and so forth. But ultimately, my delivery method, because look, if, if my client is a big, whatever, a Fortune 500 company, they're a client, all the rest of it. I'm not going onto their website and fixing this stuff. I'm telling a product manager to do it. Now, that requires a level of communication that a product manager can ingest. At the same time, and I, I go back to my Expedia days here, where I sat underneath the C-suite, but above several hundred developers that are, were all working on pages across the entire network, right? If, but I say network so that people know and understand. Expedia is not just Expedia.com. It is 55% of all travel sold on the internet because there are only two companies out there that maintain uh, an actual like hotel to, well, there's two major scaled companies, Expedia and Priceline slash booking. Um, so when I was head of SEO Expedia, it was like 50 sites, 80 sites, not just Expedia.com. Um, so that was why there was hundreds of developers. But the thing is my, my job there was beholden to tracking and measuring the output of every single ticket that went into our JIRA to define what the profitability was from that based on the hours of the story points that went into it. And that was what my performance was measured by. I see no reason why every enterprise SEO or large-scale SEO shouldn't be working in that way. And I built tools to, to help me do it, which is why I'm, I'm in like a really lucky position, right? Because I have been a programmer for 25 years now. I've also been an enterprise SEO for 20 years and the rest of the SEO tool companies out there, um, look, they've got fantastic products. They're great. I feel that a lot of the time they, they fall down kind of like, um, like spider traps um, of features and functionality that, that don't help my day-to-day -day job as head of SEO at a large company. So everything that's in my tool has been to solve a problem that I have whilst doing site audits. And that's how we've ended up where we are. So, you know, it's um, it's it's something that I'm excited about, but it's also, it's terrifying letting other people see my homework for the last five years, to be honest with you. So I was going to say, you've, you, you, you've solved a lot of your own problems, but in doing so, I think you've created an even greater problem for yourself. What are you going to do with it? I, hey, my, my, my objective ultimately is to sail off into the sunset. Now I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that all our goal? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've started on that path by moving from, from the US across to Barbados three years ago now. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I've kind of like got one foot out the door at this point in time. Um, but ultimately, like the, I, I, I have traded a whole new set of problems for myself. Um, but you know what? I've never run a software company. I've never run a SaaS company. I've never, you know, I've, I've, I've been head of SEO for the large corporations, for the largest agency in the world, for the largest single SEO team in the world. Um, I, I've, this is a whole new experience for me. So am I going to get stuff wrong? I, absolutely. Like I get stuff wrong every bloody day. 
Um, but it's uh, it's it's a set of new challenges. So so I'm loving it for now. But hey, check in with me in 12 months, and I'll be jaded <laughs> and cynical, and you know, like really upset with my 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 career path of starting a SaaS tool. And uh, and yeah, I'm sure it'll be different by then. But for now, it's all every day is a new adventure. Well, I, I think, but, I, think oh, I think. Oh, sorry, Christine. But one last question. I think in both of our experiences, um, SEO has been one of the most generous and helpful careers. In that, um, even though we're, we we've all been in, in competitors against each other in one way or another, <laughs> um, it's been a very helpful cooperative competition. In that, we've built the industry by sharing knowledge and sharing. Um, well, sharing our own pratfalls as we as we go along and make the, as we've made this up as we go along, have other I mean, there's other people who've made the leap from practitioner to uh, tool and die maker. And have you have you had help and support from any of them? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I am super lucky that I, I I I grew up in the industry, right? So I was a teenager when I started. I'm going to be 44 in a couple of months. Uh, so I've got. Christ, when you look at it like that, I've got 25 years in an industry that's like 18 years old. Um, so, so yeah, I've I've grown up in this industry. Um, those connections that you talk about, these people mutually helping each other, these are my group of friends now. This is this is my my only life. Is this? And that kind of sounds a bit sad when you say it like that as well. <laughs> um, and and yeah, over over the last five, 10 years. Absolutely. I mean, I, I work really closely with a number of other really well, I don't know, what's the right way of saying it? One thing that, again, little sidebar moment, one thing that I do not like is this whole kind of SEO celebrity thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I've, I work really closely on a like week by week basis with some other really well known SEOs because, you know, they might have published books or whatever the case may be, um, like high profile people that have got orders of magnitude more say twitter followers than i do for instance um i i i i shy away somewhat from that whole celebrity angle of of seo which actually is also why i don't really do conferences anymore as well uh, you mentioned at the beginning of this that i've done a bazillion of them uh, i think the actual number is somewhere between 60 and 75 um and it's been um well the last time i spoke at a conference it was uh, walking distance from from you know where I sleep, so consequently, uh, I've kind of stopped doing it a little bit now. Um, and you have to have this network of people in order to be able to bounce ideas off, in order to be able to look at things from another person's perspective, in order to be able to actually refine a product. Um, and you know what? It also it's really important to have to have people that are willing to tell you the truth in this as well. I'll give you an example. Um, probably 18 months or two years ago, I gave a demonstration of my software, which at that point in time was called seodatatool.com uh, because I'm terrible at naming things. Um, I gave a demonstration of that to Eli Schwartz, uh, author of Product-Led SEO and all around good guy. Um, and, uh, and he's like, dude, this is a great platform for me and you. No one else is going to get it because you've got no graphs. You've got no charts. You've got no data points that I can look at visually and understand what the hell is going on. You need to work on this. You need to work on that. And do you know what? If we hadn't had that conversation where he was uber critical of the entire front end that I built and the interaction with it, I would have launched this 18 months or two years ago and it probably would have fallen flat on its face. Um, Dixon Jones, formerly from Majestic, currently from Inlinks, 
another person that I had that exact conversation with like nine months after I had that conversation with Eli. Um, and he also told me it was shit. Um, and I appreciate the feedback that he gave me because here we are probably 18 months after that conversation. And I have a platform that's radically better for the open criticism that I received from friends that I value their perspectives of because they have worked in the same environments that I have and or run SaaS tools themselves or have, have you know, been instrumental in the, the launch of SaaS tools like Majestic. And who doesn't know Majestic? You know what I mean? So, so yeah, it's you have to stand on the shoulders of others. Um, we are now in an industry that has become so rich and diverse that, uh, and I mean in the, in the different things that you can do within that industry, that it's impossible for a single person to be able to look at it from every possible angle. Um, so, you know, if there's one thing that I can say to people that have been in the industry for one year, two years, three years is, for the love of God, get out there, go to things like SEO conferences, go to SEO meetups, go to meetups about digital marketing in general in your local area, just develop a network of friends that also do the same thing, because that network of friends will be far more valuable to you over time than any amount of blog posts that you'll read on anyone's websites. Um, so true. You know, yeah, just get out <laughs> there and do it. It's also, yeah, I really, that's one of the reasons I fell in love with this industry with that kind of support and camaraderie and friendship and we've all been through each other's lives even though it's like mostly online but hmm. you know we've known each other for decades right some of us some of us much less but um yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's it's a very it's so very important and not only will that network of friends so important for for knowledge and understanding but just to ask questions because google's kind of we didn't have anything when we started no google docs but matt hmm. cuts was about the only thing but uh, when you have to ask questions, like I ask questions to you because I know you know more than me about certain things. And so I go and ask you, hey, Martin, can you give us this? And you, you know, you give back whatever you know, which is usually extremely helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I remember I remember the specific conversation that I had. It must have been nearly 20 years ago now where someone and I didn't know this at the time and you could not Google it like this was not information that existed on the Internet. Someone said to me, yeah, so you're thinking about this the old way. You need to look at backlinks. Um, and this was whatever. This was like 18 months after Google had kind of gone really big. Uh, and at that point in time, I was still doing keyword stuffing and kind of like on-page SEO and, and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, it was it, we shared these things, even though that person was a direct competitor of mine yeah. in the gambling niche. Um, and and he now lives in the Cayman Islands. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so weirdly, weirdly, we're only about probably a four hour sail away from each other. Not, but further than that, but you know. It's, and you never even see each out. other, eh? Wow. No, yeah. I know. I know. But, I know. By the way, I just want to let you guys know I did go out and find out how you pronounce the name of the. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sapir. I think it's I think it's probably worth pointing out to people that it's not just some random term that I invented. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, Sir, Sir Perry, as I refer to it. Now that now that the secret's out of the bag, Christine. Thank you very much. I think it's Latin, um, so you could change the pronunciation however you want. So this is not exactly. Funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's um, I, as I say, I spent for the first four years that this tool existed. Um, it was called SEO Data Tool. Uh, because I, I I can't brand anything to save my life. Um, and it was only called Sir Perry in the end, actually, because, funnily enough, 
Other friends of mine that do this in SaaS companies are like, no, that name is shit. You can't go to market with that name because people will laugh at you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I couldn't, I just couldn't think of anything. And do you know what I did? I Googled like what's Latin for crawler. And the answer is Serpere. Um, or, or Sir Pierre or Sir, Sir Pere or, or I, 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 I think you gotta go with Sir Prey because if you go with Sir Perry, the whole Pied Piper thing comes up. You know, you have to brand a knight with uh, with a lance and stuff, and that that, that, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> I, I, I've already got all the old old McDonald EIEIO stuff, so consequently, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm gonna, yeah, Sir Pierre, Sir Pierre. I, I, uh, it's uh, but it's the Latin word for crawler, and um, that was why I went with it, and um. It's also where we get the modern world, uh, modern word serpent from. Oh, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I had no idea mm. about that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah, no. So, and also crucially, no one had used it as a brand name before. So, so it was like all the stars aligned. That became the name of it. But you know what? I've never known how it's pronounced either. So people have asked me and I'm like, I don't know. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Well, is is Supre commercially available? Can can uh, practitioners get their hands on it and start uh, churning out way more, infinitely more detailed audits? Yeah, ab absolutely, it is. Now, um, my my caveat to this is that um, so right now you need to think of it as kind of like an MVP or a beta or an early access program, uh, because as you're going around it, I'm sure you're going to find bugs. Uh, as I say, there's there's 280 different screens in the application. And I find, I, I've spent the last three months just doing bug removal, right? Um, but I'm sure there's still going to be stuff out there. And there's other things that that fundamentally need work. Like, for instance, when you produce a report, depending on, uh, when I say produce a report, if you're trying to download a CSV report, if it's like 25,000 keywords, it can take forever, like 10 minutes to run. If it's a thousand keywords, it's instant because I've, I've got some issues where, I'm, I'm producing reports on the fly and I need to drop them. It doesn't matter. There's, there's some technical things that I still need to improve and make better, but fundamentally, yes. The crawler works. All of the rules engine works. You can customize every single one of the rules yourself. You can make your own rules. Uh, there are dozens of other features in the platform. Um, so yeah, people that come into it right now are seeing it in the very earliest days. But do you know what that means? People that come into it right now are, and this could either be a good or a bad thing, are basically going to be hearing from me because I want to know what they liked, what they didn't like, what they would improve, what they would change, because I'm going to use it over the next six months to, to basically not establish the roadmap because I'm, I'm quite kind of, um, I'm going to be a bit, little bit authoritarian about that because I think that many of the other SEO tools suffer from the fact that they take uh, perhaps too much varied customer requests and those customers are requesting things that are perhaps not best for their own goods and i'm going to say that with 20 years experience of doing this for large enterprise sites now uh so i'm going to always set certainly as for the next year or two what that roadmap looks like but as far as the usability is concerned as far as the functionality and things that seos want it to do i want to hear everyone's feedback on that straight away um so so yeah it's available but uh be prepared to have conversations with me honestly at this point i'm not sure what else you can throw in it for as a user request. <laughs> maybe like you know auto dev like you know a, a blow up dev that instantly does the uh, on, uh, uh in code work for you well, um, I, I, you know you know what there's like that that sounds like a ridiculous thing but some of the rules 
actually do tell you. So it depends. Uh, I've got a flag internally as to whether or not this yes. rule. Yeah, uh, the flag I've got internally is whether or not this rule is something that you can see within the HTML of the page. Because if it's like this URL is orphaned, which I'm conscious was, I was conscious of this when I put the video out. Both the examples that I put out on that video on YouTube are both link-based things, which inherently are nothing actually with the HTML of that page. But if it is with the HTML of that page, let's use a simple example, like SEMrushers or Ahrefs, your meta title is too long or whatever. It will use your meta title and it will give you a re-suggested meta title that fits within acceptable parameters. And you can define those parameters within the rules engine. Um, so it, it does actually give you code hints as well. If the thing that needs fixed is something that's within the HTML of the page. Well, how about the how about some invalid HTML found deep buried within the recesses of the head section somewhere? Um, uh, it specifically calls that out as well. Can it remove it? Well, that's it, the I trick, mean, huh? That that's the trick. And you know what we've seen? I so everything's moving so fast these days, right? But look at um, Auto GPT. I haven't played with it myself because I've been busy enough launching this. Um, but. I, I know that people are out there prototyping it right now where essentially uh, uh, chat G, not chat GPT, GPT 4.0 is being uh, hooked up into individual CMSs. And you know what? I would have said 18 months ago that, that your suggestion just then is largely science fiction. I think it'll probably be able to do it in a year. But right now, um, I mean, there's two things here, right? Right now, I wouldn't trust it to. But ultimately, I'm not sure if I would ever want something to have backend code access to my, like I'd have to really trust it. And I don't know, I don't know how many years it's going to take to get there. Maybe that's something for the next generation of SEOs in 10, 15, 20 years time. Um, but certainly the technology is going to exist very soon. Okay. Um, if people want to get involved in the uh, very active beta of, uh, how do they, how do they sign up for it? Uh, very simple. You can go to serpere.ai, S-E-R-P-E-R-E.ai. Or alternatively, uh, I'm at Search Martin on Twitter. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, with my real name, Martin McDonald. Um, so you can reach out to me in either of those um, or just go to serpere.ai. And um, yeah, basically just choose whether or not it's a, a, a big, small or uh, big, medium or oh dear, big, medium or small site. The only difference between those three things is how many hours per month um, it'll crawl your site. That's the only difference. All of the tools remain the same because I think it's terrible for a lot of tools to cut down what they put into like their silver package, if you like, or their bronze package. I think everyone should have access to everything. And also I'm never limiting anyone by the rows of data or the keywords or the pages crawled or any other thing, just the amount of time spent crawling them because that's my cost. So, so that's the way the system works. Enough. Martin, this has been, this has been a really fun conversation, but I'm afraid we've gone full clock. Um, uh, hey, no worries. It happens Thank every you. time we got, we're gonna have to beg you back again sometime. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you very much for having me on Jim. And thanks a lot, Chris, for inviting me. Oh, of course. We're glad to have you. So it's been very interesting. And I know people will really enjoy your tool because it is a massive upgrade from a lot of the stuff we have now. Okay, thank you so much. You're too kind. Okay. You're too kind. <laughs> Martin McDonald, um, 
creator, founder, programmer, and chief bottle washer over at uh, Sir Sir Prey, Sir Perry, Sir Sir Prey, uh, Sir Prey. <laughs> so I, I like Sir Prey or Sir Perry or Sir Perry. It sounds Sir Technically, Sir Pierre. Um, more importantly, S E R P R E dot A I. Uh, please go check it out and sign up for it. Um, we should have asked him to define what large is because we could show him large. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be unfair, I think. Okay, we that, that, was, that was a fun conversation, eh? Yeah, it was very much so. I very much enjoyed it. So. I, uh, I I like this kind of conversation, and especially when you talk some of the old days in there too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Again, we have gone full 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 circle. So, on behalf of Christine Jackinger from Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.fm. It is recorded live to podcast on Wednesday, the seventeenth of May, twenty twenty three. Be well. Be kind. Stay safe. Rank well, and uh, be good to each other. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.